Today we're going to talk about prayer, and I'm going to ask you a question, and before you raise your hand and answer, like make sure you hear the whole question, um, because some of you are like, you hear just a part of it, and you're like, yes, that's me. Um, but, but wait till I get all the way through it. And the question is this, like how many of you believe in, in the power of prayer? Like you believe that God hears your prayers, you believe that prayer can be effective, like you believe in the power of prayer, but here's the question part, but you would honestly say that you probably don't pray as often as you should. Like would you raise your hands? Yeah, like type that in the chat, like, you should, like I should probably pray more um, than I should. Or another question would be this, maybe you believe in the power of prayer, like maybe you, you even try to pray, but you often feel like your prayers are ineffective. Like how many of, of you would be honest enough to say, yeah, that's probably me? Like I said, we've been in this message series called A Better Way, and we're looking at the way that Jesus lived and, and loved, not just the truth that he taught, which is so important. But if there was a constant in the life of Jesus as we read the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, like no matter what happened, no matter how crazy life was, no matter what stupid thing his disciples were doing, no matter what the Roman government was doing, no matter what the rumors were, if there was a constant in his life, Jesus was constantly seeking the Father in prayer. Like he prioritized the presence of God in prayer. And man, did it work. His life in, in prayer empowered him to overcome, like we, we read early on in his ministry, the every temptation of the evil one. He was to, to able to be always faithful to God, to be completely obedient. He was able to, to, to heal people. He showed love to those who were unloving to him back. And when I look at his life and I see how he lived, like I said, like I wanna live like he lived. I wanna love people like, like he loved people. And so if I want what Jesus had, then I should probably begin to pray like Jesus prayed. And yet so many of us don't. And why is that? Why, why do you think we, and I, and I include me in this, why do you think we struggle to pray consistently and, and to pray effectively? And based on personal experience and then based on 25 years of being a pastor, like I see three reasons that, that are very common. Um, and you may see these in yourself as, as I do. And one of the reasons is we lack focus. Like we, we lack focus. Like we wanna pray and you'll hear a message on prayer and you're like, man, I'm gonna start praying. And you may even go out and buy a prayer journal and you're gonna start praying and writing things down. And, but, but we get distracted. Like I understand this. Like my ADD kicks in and my mind wanders to anything but God. Like it's crazy. I'm thinking about what I need to do and where I'm gonna go and what I, have, like what I have to do. Or sometimes I just get bored. Like am I allowed to say that? You spiritual people are probably judging me back there. Like, that's okay. Like, like, sometimes it gets boring. Like, you pray a long time. And it's really boring. I mean, as a kid, I used to fall asleep when I was praying. Sometimes I still do it now. But then I just knew, like, God was gonna be mad at me. Like, you didn't sign off. There was no amen. You're like, you're going to hell. Like, where the worm never dies and there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Like, sometimes we just lose focus. I got another reason I think many of us don't pray consistently um, is that we lack confidence. Like we just really don't know how to do it. And it's especially intimidating when you're around somebody like who does. Like anybody have that person in their life? Like there's almost like if there was such thing as a professional prayer, like they, like they could get paid for it. Like it's, 
It's amazing. Like they're, they're quoting scripture and they even like know where it comes from. Like they should be sponsored by prayer.com or whatever. Like their prayers are so powerful. Like they're prayer warriors and you're like a junior high kid. Like, thank you for the meat. Let's eat. Like, I don't know. Like, like they're calling on the names of God, like uh, Jehovah Nisi and Jehovah Rapha and like help my Nissan Maxima start. Like, I don't even know. Like, and they ask you to pray and you're like freaked out. God is good. God is great. Like, let's eat. Like, I don't even know. Like, so some people lack focus and some of us, I think we lack confidence. And then I think, I think the other group, some of us lack faith. We lack faith. We're not, we're not sure that God is going to, to, to do anything or that God will do anything. Like we might believe that God can do it, but it doesn't seem like he's gonna do it for me. And we wonder sometimes, does he even, does he even hear my prayers? Does he care? And sometimes like we can make a pretty strong argument that he really doesn't care or hear my prayers because we've tried so hard. Like we prayed and we believed and, and he was gonna answer and he didn't do what I asked him to do. You probably have your own version of that story. Like as a kid, you prayed for your, your grandma to be healed and, and she wasn't. You prayed for your, your parents not to get divorced and, and they did. Like you pleaded with God to help you overcome this repetitive sin and to just take it away, like take it away, take it away and he never took it away. And so you conclude, well, prayer might work for other people, but, but it doesn't work for me. And that's why the title of today's message is When You've Given Up on Prayer. So I think so many of us have. And to understand what prayer is, though, uh, what I wanna do is I wanna start with what prayer is not. What, what prayer is not. Because a lot of times we have this misperception of what prayer is. And so I wanna clearly tell you what prayer is not. Prayer is not a formal presentation. Like, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. Like, you don't have to be in some type of fancy robe or, like, speak in some fancy God language, like, we beseech thee now, Father, and the, like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to speak King James language for God to understand you. Like, it's not a formal presentation before God. Prayer is also not just giving God your wish list. Like, he is some cosmic Coke machine, like, you Say the prayer, he get like our magic genie, like if you just rub him the right way, like you're gonna, he's gonna do whatever you want. Like God is not a spiritual vending machine. Prayer's also not a spiritual negotiation. Like where you tell God, hey God, I won't do that anymore if you just do this. Like I'll, I'll never cuss again, God, if you just, like whatever, I'll never do this again if you'll just answer my prayer. And so it's not a spiritual negotiation and it's not a performance to win the favor of God, and it's not a show to impress people. Prayer is, is not a lot of things that, that many of us think that it is. In fact, that when we look at the way that Jesus lived, and we see just how, how he interacted with God, what we discovered in the way that he lived is this, that prayer isn't just an action that you do, but prayer is a way that you live. When we looked at the, uh, the way that Jesus lived, prayer isn't just a momentary action where you fold your hands and kneel your knees and you say something close and close it out with amen. It's not just a couple of segments during our, our worship service. It's so much more than that. It's, it's more in the way that we live. And in fact, when you look at the, the way that Jesus lived, he prioritized 
the presence of God in prayer. And you can read uh, the scriptures, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Like he oftentimes, he would leave the crowd and he would go off to pray. He would pray late at night. He would get up in, early in the morning to pray. He would go off alone to a lake to pray. He would go up on the mountainside to pray. He was always disconnecting from people around him to fully connect with God. And in fact, when you look at how Jesus prayed in the Gospels, when you look at when he prayed in the Gospels, it's fascinating, really, to, to see when and how Jesus prayed. When did he pray? According to the Gospels, there's a, a long list, and I won't go over all of them. But he prayed at his baptism. He prayed in the morning before he headed to Galilee. He prayed after healing people. He prayed the night before he chose his disciples. Like, there, there's so many of them. He prayed for little children. He prayed for himself. He prayed for his disciples. He prayed right after being nailed to the cross. He prayed as he was dying on the cross. He prayed all throughout the day. Prayer wasn't just something that he occasionally did. Prayer was a part of the way that Jesus lived. And those are just the incidents that four guys decided to write down. Think about all the other times in just the normal course of his life that Jesus would have prioritized the presence of God in prayer. And how did he pray? Because it, it, it wasn't just something he did, like it was simply the way that he lived. I would imagine like a lot of you say things like, like I've heard so many people say, like I've said myself, yeah, I'd like to pray, but I don't really have time to pray. Like, I mean, there's way too much going on and I gotta be productive and I gotta get stuff done and I, I always think I don't have time to pray. And what I always tell myself is like, I don't have time not to pray because there may be nothing more productive than the time that you, that you spend seeking the heart of God and inviting him, his power, his presence, his strength to be a part of your life. I don't know about you, but man, it's tough out there. I mean, it's brutal. Like it's almost impossible to walk into this world full of joy and full of hope and full of peace with all of the chaos that's around. It's almost impossible to walk in this world and to be an effective witness when you just see division everywhere. And there's the tension and the relationship stress, and the financial pressure, and the temptation, and all the complicated decisions that you have to make. Like, I don't know about you, but I need God's presence. Like, I need his power, I need his grace, and I don't just need it for a couple of minutes a day. I need it all day long every way, every, all, all, if I'm breathing. Like, as a follower of Jesus, as a disciple of Jesus, what I know is that I live in a world, a sinful, fallen world, but I'm not of this world. So to be completely effective in this world, there are times that I have to disconnect from this world. There are times that I have to disconnect from everything that does not last in order to connect to the one that does last. I have to disconnect from everything that is temporary to connect with the one who's eternal. I have to disconnect from all the temptations that I have to gratify myself to connect to the one who brings glory to himself. See, prayer isn't just a, a momentary action. It is that, but it's so much more. And when you look at the way that Jesus lived, like prayer wasn't just something he did. It was the way that, that he interacted with God in every moment of every day. In fact, I wanna read to you from, from Matthew's gospel. It's Matthew chapter six, and this is from the, uh, the message translation, which I've said before, it's not a literal translation. It's, it's not a word for word. They didn't take the Greek and the Aramaic and the Hebrew and um, try to, to, to do all that. But Eugene Peterson, he translates the words this way. 
in Matthew chapter six. He says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place. He says, find a place to pray. And I just ask you, do you have a, a prayer place? Do you have a place of prayer? It may be a prayer chair or um, a prayer swing or like for some of you, like you're thinking, man, I got three kids under the age of six. Like, look, go pray in the bathroom. Like lock the door, like and go in there and get to praying. Like, because you've got about four minutes for there's little fingers coming under the door. Like, hey, hey, where are you at? Like they're coming for you. But find a place to pray. And he says, do that. He says, so that you won't be tempted like this to role play before God. He says, be, just be here. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can imagine. And here's what's gonna happen. Here's what he says. The focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his grace. So what do you do? You find a secluded place. Jesus went, got alone to pray. And I would encourage you to make it a daily priority to get alone and block out the noise. Eliminate the distractions. Put your phone aside for a few minutes. Don't check Instagram or, or whatever. Like I promise you, whatever they post, it'll still be there and it'll still be meaningless in 10 minutes. Don't check your text messages. Whatever conspiracy videos someone sent you, like there'll be another one coming tomorrow. Just put it aside for a few minutes and spend some time with God. Disconnect from the world to connect with the creator. And why do you need to do that? Because intimacy is never accidental. You'll never just accidentally become close to God. People say, well, I'm not close to God, I'm not close to God. Like, you're just not gonna fall into it. I've just been busy and worried and stressed and dealing with mean people, like, and I'm, I'm, I'm so close to God. No, it doesn't happen that way. There's no relationship None that's gonna happen without intimate and focused time. Like there is no way I could be close to Jennifer if we never talked to each other and never had alone time. Like you can't be close to, to a friend if you don't spend time together. There's a place that you pray and, and just be still. And you say, well, what do I pray about? And the answer is really, really easy. Pray about whatever you care about. Whatever's on your mind, whatever's on your heart, whatever you're excited about, whatever questions you have, whatever burdens you have, pray about it. Paul said this in Philippians 4, 6. He said, don't worry about anything. Instead, he said, pray about everything. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. Talk to him like he's a close friend because he is. If you have questions, ask him. If you're mad at him or hurting, tell him. I promise he can handle it. Pour, our heart, pour your heart out to God. Talk to him intimately. It's not just an act, it's a, it's a friendship. It's a love relationship. Why is it that so many of us still struggle to pray? Like I would say for many of us, it's because we tend to compartmentalize our lives. Like we, we compartmentalize it. We tend to like, uh, think about one of those compartmentalized plates. Like I've got a kid that doesn't let her food touch. So weird to me. I'm not even like, I don't know. But like you got the meat here and a vegetable here and like she doesn't even eat vegetables so there'd be, that'd be an empty spot and then there'd be something with sugar in it over here. 
But everything's kind of broken up and separated. And we tend to do that with our lives. We think, well, this is my work part of my life. And this is my family part of my life. And, and over here, we got my fun part of my life. And then over here, we've got our, our God part of our life. And what I want you to understand is that God doesn't wanna just be part of your life. He doesn't wanna be a five-minute prayer in the morning. Like, he wants to be your entire life. Like Paul would talk about that. He would write, when Jesus, who is your life, appears. Like when he comes back, it's gonna be all about him. He is every part of what matters in your life. And he promises you that he will never leave you or forsake you. And since he's always with you, listen, prayer isn't an action that you do, it's a way that you live. And when you look at the way that Jesus lived, he practiced the presence and priority of prayer. He had uninterrupted time and fellowship with his father. He was always praying. And in fact, I wanna show you a verse, and if you're looking for a memory verse, a good short one, is Jesus wept. Everybody can remember that one. But there's another really good short one. But honestly, like this is one that I hated for years because it caused extreme prayer guilt. Like I've always felt guilty, I don't pray enough. Like I don't pray good enough, I don't pray long enough. And this one used to induce guilt for me. And so I understood what it really meant. And I'll show you it in three different versions. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. The New Living Translation says this way, never stop praying. Like that's the whole verse. Never stop praying. The NIV says it, says pray continually. The King James Version would say, hey, pray without ceasing. And that used to make me feel guilty. Because I thought, man, I can't pray five minutes straight without being distracted. And you want me to like pray without ceasing? Pray continually, pray and, and never stop praying. I can hardly pray at all. And then it started to dawn on me as I looked at the way that Jesus prayed, it wasn't just an action. It was a lifestyle. It was an ongoing awareness that God never leaves you or forsakes you, that he's with you. And so you can talk to him anywhere, anytime. Like you don't have to break away and kneel down and fold your hands. Like you can just talk to him when you drive and talk to him when you work. Like I talked to him when I was driving Friday. I drove back and forth like 800 miles to Joplin and back here. Like I talked to him a lot. Like it was like Old Testament Psalm prayers. Like God break the teeth of my enemies who are like holding me up. Like it was bad. Like, but, but, but you can just talk to him at any time. Talk to him when that person's getting on your nerves. Just ask God to give you the grace to deal with them. Talk to him when you're about to lose your temper at your kids. Talk to him when you're uh, running late for church and you're about to lose your witness. Talk to him when you forget something, you can't find your keys, and when you're worried about somebody, just talk to him like, like he's your friend because he is. So prayer is, is getting alone with God, like do that. Find a place to pray, but it's also much more than that. It's living in the presence of God. Prayer is experiencing God's grace. It's hearing his whisper throughout the day. It's enjoying his, his power and it's an experiencing his peace. It's not just about getting God to do what we want him to do. But prayer is aligning our will to his will. It's delighting in the Lord as he changes our hearts. And the Bible would say that he would begin to give us the desires of our hearts. Like it was when you pray, you're walking with God. When you're, when you're in the spirit, when you're aware of his presence, he'll both convict you of sin in a very loving way and he'll comfort you in the middle of trials because he's with you and he's always loving you. 
When you're walking in the spirit of prayer, you sense his direction. You, you notice his, his guiding. You hear his promptings. Some of you have heard this. Like you hear his promptings to reach out to someone. Your heart starts to hurt over what breaks his heart. Your heart starts to rejoice over the things that bring him joy. It's not an action that you do. It's a way that you live. Ongoing practicing the presence of God. And I love this message honestly so much. I love preparing for it because I've always felt like a prayer failure. Like I have. I mean, you, you want to talk about a guilty life. I'm a pastor. And people are like, hey, we need to, to have a prayer meeting. And I'm like, let's not. Like you guys squeeze my hand too hard. You pray long prayers. And I'm, like, and I'm guilty for thinking that. Like, honest. Like, I've always felt like a prayer failure. And what I'm learning is, though, is just to pray without ceasing. To, to never stop praying. And it's not like I pray every moment. But it's acknowledging when, when I need God that he's there. And I'm more aware that he's always there than I ever have been. In fact, Max Lucado put it, put it this way. He talked about this, and you may find it helpful as I did. But he talked about giving God your thoughts, and he talked about four different types of thoughts. Uh, Max Lucado says this, you should give God your waking thoughts. Meaning when you wake up in the day, you say, hey, good morning, God. This is the day that, that you've made. I'm gonna re be glad and rejoice in it. God, I, I want you to direct my steps today. God, help me to, to follow you today. Help me to see needs of other people today, to, to speak words of encouragement to other people. God, convict me of anything that, that may be out of line from your will today. God, I'm devoting my whole day to you. So he says, give him your waking thoughts. Next thing he says, give him your waking, waiting thoughts. Like whatever you're waiting on. Maybe it's the, a prayer that you've been praying for, for healing Maybe it's a prayer of, of salvation that you've been praying for a loved one to, to come to know Christ. Maybe you're praying for, for provision or you're praying for a breakthrough. Whatever it is you're waiting for, because all of us are waiting for something, just take it to God and spend time with him. So give him your waking thoughts and give him your waiting thoughts throughout the day. And then give him your whispering talks because you may not wanna shout out prayers in the middle of the office. Like you probably don't want to bind up a demon in Jesus' name right in there in front of everybody because they won't like you. But there are times when you, you'll be like, God, help me deal with this difficult person. And you just whisper it to God. Hey, God, would you give me wisdom? God, would you help me in this presentation? Some of you guys that are in school, like, God, would you help me recall knowledge that I never studied for as I take this final? Like, God, would you help me connect with my kid? Would you help me welcome my, and love my husband when he comes home from, from work? God, would you help me be a voice of encouragement to my wife that, that I love? And, and just your whispered thoughts. So your, your waking thoughts and your waiting thoughts and your whispering thoughts, and then at the end of the day, you give him your waning thoughts. Look back and say, God, here's where I saw you today. Here's where, where I experienced you today. Here's what I'm thankful for that, that you did today. Whatever burden you have before you go to bed, just give it to God. Peter would say, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. So I say, God, I'm, I'm giving you this. I trust that you're gonna handle it and I'm going to sleep right now. And tomorrow, the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna give you my waking thoughts because prayer isn't just something that you do. Prayer is the way that you live. And when we look at the way that Jesus lived, he just prioritized the presence of God.
So if you feel like there's prayer guilt, listen, be, be set free. Like, be free. Like, just be aware that God is here with you right now. He, he's always with you. He's always loving you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to, to forsake you. So what do you do? You find a place and you pray and then you just never stop praying. You just don't stop. You're just always aware at any moment that he's there and available and will hear you. It's just like texting a friend. It's just like calling a loved one. You're talking to Jesus. I love what First John and what John writes in First John 5. He said, this is the confidence that we have in an approaching God in prayer. He said that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we, we have what we've asked about. The Apostle Paul from prison would say this. He said, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And as you pray, then you begin to enjoy his presence. As you walk in the spirit, then, then what happens, Paul would say that the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Like you don't stop praying. You just walk in the spirit. You're living in his love. You're aware of his goodness. You're experiencing his grace. Like when you're weak, his strength is made perfect in that weakness. When you're tempted, his power will help you overcome. When you're discouraged, uh, he is the lifter of your head. He brings joy in the morning. So bring him your waking thoughts and bring him your waiting thoughts and don't grow weary in doing good because at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. And then you give him your whispering thoughts because... You may not hear him in the thunder and in the lightning, but God often speaks to in the whispers. And then you give him your waning thoughts at the end of the day and you cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Prayer is not just something we do, it's, it's the way that we live. And suddenly as you're walking in the presence of God, you're, you're aware that he's comforting me, that he's convicting me, that he's strengthening me, that, that, he, that he's loving me that he's prompting me, that he's guiding me. And suddenly you wake up and you're just not believing the truth that Jesus taught, but you're also living the way that Jesus lived in honoring God, and that makes a difference in this world. Because I thought about the, the way that Jesus lived and, and really the way um, that he died as they're crucifying him. Like his prayer was, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Like the, the people that were putting him to death there in the moment, but I think also all of us who were putting him to death by our sin. He's saying, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. It was just part of his life. It, it, it was part of his death. He was so in tune with where God wanted him to be that in that moment he could say that prayer. And I think about that and think, how amazing would it be to live like Jesus lived and to love like Jesus loved? Because there, there's a better way. And for some of you today, I'm going to ask you to stand. For some of you today, it's, it's the day one that you just need to let go of that prayer guilt. Because I know you felt it. I felt it as, as a pastor. Many people that I talk to, like, like you felt you don't pray enough, you don't, like, okay. 
It's not meant to give you guilt. Prayer is an opportunity for us to get in tune with, with who Jesus is and who God is. It's an opportunity to speak to him every day and to experience a, a love like we could never deserve. Father God, today I pray, I pray for all of those who have, have heard this message today that you will, your presence would be so available to us, so recognizable to us, that we just wanna talk to you throughout the day. That we wanna bring you each, each thought when we wake or when we wait or um, when, when we just need you in that moment or uh, before we go to bed. Father, I just pray that, that we would understand that your presence is readily available for us, that your help is readily available for us, that your peace is readily, readily available for us, but also that your love is, is readily available for us. I pray for us as a church, as a congregation, as believers who are in this room, as, as believers who are watching online. I pray that you'd help us to live that better way. And not just know the truth of Jesus, but live the way that he lived. It's in his name that I pray. Amen.